This is an energy sport podcast. Insightful, in-depth and entertaining sports content from Napier to you. Hello and welcome to the Six Nations podcast on energy sport. We're back again. We enjoyed the Lions Tour podcast so much we thought we'd come and spraff on to you about rugby again. My name's Alistair Russell and I'll be joined over the course of the Six Nations by Stephen Brown and Struan Garvey. Welcome along, gents. Hello. Hello, it's good to be back. It is indeed. So, let's get straight into the action. We'll take a look back at last weekend's round of fixtures. We'll start. We'll, we'll start off in the order that they were played. We'll start off with Ireland versus Wales. What do we make of that particular match, where Ireland triumphed twenty nine seven over Wales in Dublin? Uh, a fairly dominant display by Ireland uh, throughout the match. Uh, the only time, well, I mean, Wales only got on the scoreboard in the 74th minute and by then it was long gone in Ireland. Um, it was almost like knife into butter for the majority of the game. Uh, and Ireland's attack and defence was just very, very consistent and very, very good. Johnny Sexton is back to... A very good form. He used his usual move of a set piece for Sexton Loop quite a lot, which Wales didn't have much of an answer to, really. So uh, Ireland are looking very good in the first round of the Six Nations. I think it was always going to be quite a difficult one for Wales coming into this tournament. Obviously, Alan Wynne Jones injured, but I was quite surprised just to see how badly they did start. Obviously, credit to Ireland. I don't want to take too much away from. Um, their defeat but I was, just, I was just quite surprised to see it as Stephen said they're in the 74th minute you know they were down that entire time it's just it's just surprising from a team who ah, fair enough they did play against 14 men for a lot of the time last year but I expected them to maybe start a bit better although I don't know I think I think France are the favourites for this tournament so possibly it, Wales were possibly not expected I'm possibly giving them too much credit here but yeah it, it did sort of surprise me just the manner of the defeat I would say mm-hmm. and I suppose with Wales as well, they're not just missing Alan Jones. They are missing sort of Gareth Davis, uh, Reese Webb. They're also missing George North, and also their sort of centre part partnerships, in which you know Nick Tompkins is rather new to international rugby, and Josh Adams. He doesn't even regularly play in outside centre. We saw him a few times playing fullback for the Lions, but his usual position is on the wing. But obviously, uh, Wayne Pivak brought in Johnny McNichol, who's been fantastic, but it didn't play off uh, for him that day. Am I right in saying that um, Dan Bigger's the captain at the moment? He is indeed. Hmm. Of course, it's worth pointing out that Ireland managed to maintain a full squad of 15 men throughout the 80 minutes, so that's perhaps a contributing factor to Wales's demise, as they are far more used to playing 15 on 14 for quite a lot of the time, especially last season. And, you know, looking and comparing Ireland and Wales's autumn international performance, I mean, Ireland got a win against the All Blacks. That's obviously going to give them huge momentum going into the Six Nations. Uh, Wales, on the other hand, were almost beaten by every side in the, in the autumn internationals. So at the moment, Wales are down. But uh, the tournament isn't over. We'll see how they get on against Scotland in the weekend. 
indeed in the Six Nations anything could happen. And speaking of Scotland, Scotland, not that we are biased, triumphed against England 20 points to 17 in the Calcutta Cup, making it the first time since 83 and 84 that we have retained the Calcutta Cup with back-to-back victories. It's a big one, exactly. I mean, Scotland won against England at Twickenham last year and that was a very tight game and it was similar to the game we just saw on Saturday but Scotland... um, I wouldn't say Scotland had a dominant game on Saturday. I think England were probably the most dominant looking at the stats. Um, Certainly my favourite stat from Scotland-England game at the weekend was that in the first half... Scotland spent just seven seconds in the England 22. Yes. I mean, a good five of those were Ben White putting down the try. Uh, yeah, that's quite interesting. Uh, I've got some stats in front of me. Uh, the time of the opposition 22 for Scotland for the whole game was only 54 seconds. That is very small. And, you know, we look at overall territory. Scotland only had 38% with England with 62. Overall possession, Scotland 46% with England 54. You know, uh, but as we know, uh, rugby is won by the team that gets the most points, not the stats that you look at after the game. So... Indeed, it was... Certainly, I think it was... A performance that gives me hope. Because certainly we've spoken, I think, it's all sort of been a bit hyped up in the media, the the possibility of Scotland's performances this time round. And I think what gave me hope for that is that they didn't play at their best. They were slightly hampered by weather Mm -hmm. conditions in terms of the kicking game that we know Finn Russell and Stuart Hogg like to play. But they ground out the win. They were not the best team on the day, mm. but After the win was ground out. For those last five, ten minutes towards the end of the game, I I think I speak for a lot of Scotland fans when saying I was so nervous of what they were going to do. Obviously as well, when England chose to, to go for the try, effectively, rather than taking a penalty towards the end of the game, which I suppose a draw would have been pointless at that point, we would have retained the cup anyway, but it was just terrifying. But I was just really happy with the way we defended. I know it wasn't our best game going forward. I mean... I can't actually remember too many times we looked like scoring other than Ben White's try, which possibly, is that the best impact sub, the best head injury sub we've ever seen? Oh, I think that could be the best impact sub, or the best HIA ever. <laughs> From a Scotland point of view, it was unbelievable, to be honest. I remember saying at the time, oh, Ben White, oh, I recognise the name, but I don't know too much about him, and then he scored, and it, it was just fantastic, to be I honest. I think it's fantastic. It was his first cap as well. What a dream debut, eh? Just coming his on. First, his first cap, the first time he gets the ball. And it, and it leads to the build-up to the try, and then the try itself was him touching down. I love the way the try sort of came about as well, because England were all over us to start with, and they'd finally gotten their penalty and the points on the board, and you thought, oh, right, Scotland really need to answer back, and instantly we got the try. And for me, that just sort of said, yeah, this team has it in them. You know, Even though we've started quite poorly, I thought we did really well. From an, from an England point of view, I was really impressed with Marcus Smith. Obviously, they don't have Owen Farrell for the rest of this, well, for any of this tournament, as a matter of fact, obviously, with an ankle injury they picked up for Saracen, so that's the kicker gone. And I, I, I was really surprised Smith didn't actually get man of the match. I thought Fagerson was excellent and deserved of it, but Marcus Smith, I think, got all 17 of England's points, which is pretty incredible, to be honest. But yeah, I was really impressed by him. He looked about 12, I've got to be honest, he looks really young, but... I, I was, I was really 
I was very impressed with Marcus Smith throughout the Lions tour. Mm-hmm. I would. I don't think he got. A, if memory serves me correctly, I don't think he got a chance in any of the actual tests. But certainly in some of the warm-up games he played, where he was called up to the squad, he was excellent. I felt. I thought Toji was great as well. Just speaking of good players at the tour, I thought he was really good at the weekend as well. I think one player that no one's really talked about is Darcy Graham. Throughout that Darcy, my boy, was fantastic. I mean talking about the Ben White try, I mean, that step and that pass to let Ben White go and touchdown was fantastic. And one other thing, the scrums at the end with Scotland and England, four minutes into overtime, uh, England had the ball after the scrum, Darcy Graham forced that turnover in which let Stuart Hall kick that out, and he forced that turnover, and it was a fantastic play again but also we're also missing the penalty try in which uh that was a, uh, a highlight of that game so what do you think about the that that was an interesting one what do we think luke cow and dickie thought of that that was i mean from a point of view as far as i'm concerned that's sort of the equivalent of a, a handball clearance on the goal line in football is it not really yeah or yeah i I know that there's a there's an easy pun of saying he threw threw the ball away, but I, I totally agree with that. I wasn't actually too sure when it happened if we also got the conversion points. I was never I was never too sure on penalty tries, but I think it was the the correct decision because we're gonna score the try there, and he's he's blocked it illegally. I, I think you're spot on there, Alistair, by saying it's it's like in football if if it's going into the net and you block it, Luis Suarez in the World Cup off the line with your hands, you're gonna get you get a red card in football, but you know it's it's going in regardless, and you've done something illegal. So I was really happy with. It. I felt bad for Cow and Dicky though because that landing looked horrendous. That was, was a proper. A, you feel it in your own tailbone. I, in, I really injury to the insults. Yeah. Oh, very good, very good. I think. That, uh, I mean, back to Stern's point. Uh, two seasons ago, they changed the rules. If you get a penalty try, you just get the seven point zone out. You have to kick it. Um, but that penalty try, exactly, the comparison to football is correct. I mean, it was him and Darcy Graham, and if Darcy Graham had caught that, uh, the question was, do you think he could have scored? And the referees asked that. Was yes. there anyone, was there any defenders behind Callum Dickey, you know, if he'd actually caught that? And there was nobody, so I think it was a correct decision. Obviously... And let's be honest, in a one-on-one, you're back in Darcy. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. But uh, no, I think uh, Scotland. It may have not been the most fantastic flair game that we normally see Gregor Townsend's men playing, but uh, it was a very conservative, sort of mature play that sort of grinded down the game to let Scotland win in the end. Um, I think England had a pretty decent game themselves. I mean, it was a very young squad, and obviously without Owen Farrell. Uh, I think Marcus Smith, obviously, very. Uh, he did a pretty g- good job of playing against Scotland, but he's similar to sort of Finn Russell when he was younger. He sort of lacks the maturity and that patience of sort of not playing that huge sort of exciting play. Sometimes you do just need to. Uh, play a sort of forward dominated game to win the game and I think that was the real difference when it came down to it And what do we reckon to Eddie Jones' game management? What do we think about his decision to take Marcus Smith off? 
I thought with about twenty minutes to go, I thought that was a bizarre decision. I uh, I'm not actually uh, 50-50 about this one. At the time when Eddie Jones took Marcus Smith off, it was ten seventeen, and at that point, I think what Eddie Jones would be thinking is bring on George Ford. He'll be able to slow the ball game to then let England get the win. What I don't think he was expecting was that Scotland to get that penalty try and then Finn Russell had a big advantage over George Ford uh, as George Ford's play is a lot more sort of flat ball but Finn Russell like obviously likes to sort of mix things up under pressure and I think that was yet again a big difference sort of the battle between the forwards and also the fly half was what sort of sealed it for Scotland. So moving on to the other match that happened last weekend, we had France coming out 37-10 victors. Stephen, you were watching that match. Didn't look like it was going to be that way after the first 20 minutes, though, by the sounds of it. Uh, no, uh, France versus Italy is always um, a good game. I think that Italy had a fantastic first 20 minutes. They obviously had a very good try by uh, Tommaso Mancello. He had a fantastic kick from Paolo Garbrisi and he was just able to get in and score a try. And then, sort of from that first 20 minutes from Italy, it all fell apart. I mean, France went in to halftime with two tries from Jalonch and obviously Villiers. And from then on, France dominated the game and there was no looking back. Uh, it ended in France 37, Italy 10. Uh, Villiers got a hat-trick and the rest is history, really. I think what really impressed me about this game was quite often when we come into the Six Nations, it's always Italy who you expect to, to sort of finish last and quite often do take five defeats, unless Scotland have anything to say about it. But... The commentators were picking up on it in a game as Italy's stamina, because quite often you know they can fall away and, and it become it can become a cricket score. But I thought Italy, although they did lose in the end, I thought they were pretty good towards the end. I only caught the second half of the match and I did think they were impressive. You know, France are the favourites coming into this tournament, so it's a game where you expect them to win. France it was in Paris as well, so I think France had every advantage coming into it. But I think Italy gave a really good account of themselves and. I'm kind of thinking in the back of my mind, I wouldn't be surprised if they can pick up a victory this tournament because if they can, they. Playing like that against good opposition just shows that potentially if they come up against a weaker Wales, a weaker England perhaps, Scotland as I said earlier on, I can definitely see Italy getting a win in this tournament. Well, they haven't won a Six Nations match since 2015 and with Scotland very clearly on for the Grand Slam, we really have to hope that that Italy win will come against Ireland. That would be I, I think I th- That would be the dream. I, th- I can see them doing it. I think definitely. We're... <laughs> Where are they playing Ireland this year? Is it in Dublin? Yes, it is in Dublin. I can see that. An Italy bonus point win in Dublin would suit <laughs> Scottish interests. A couple of red cards early for Italy. Just have a 13 versus 15. Exactly. <laughs> Do it the Wales way. Do it the Wales way. <laughs> get Try and get the Grand Slam like that. Uh, can I ask each of you for a player of the round, gentlemen? Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that's a hard one, actually. Um, 
you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be very biased towards Scotland, and I'm gonna say Ben White, not in the sense that he was the best player. I just felt his impact, his debut coming off the bench, obviously scoring the try. I just thought that's one of those stories that you'll remember throughout the rest of the Six Nations. Remember when Ben White came on? So I think he's he's my personal player of the round. Um, good question. I think it was Darcy Graham. Mourn the mourn the borderers. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, can I give it to Eddie Jones? Is that possible? No, he's not. He doesn't play. No, I'm going. Eddie Jones don't know, don't do no playing around. Uh, let's then turn our attention to the fixtures this weekend, and again, we'll go in the order that they are to be played. Scotland, Wales versus Scotland in Cardiff. That's certainly going to be an interesting one. Wounded Wales and Scotland flying high. It would be very typical Scotland to lose. (laughs) That's that's what that's set up for. I'm really looking forward to this one, to be honest. We really need to win the Doddybeer Cup. I think Wales have won it four out of five times since its introduction, or three out Mm. of four times anyway. Um, So I'd absolutely love us to pick up that cup and obviously it's, it's fantastic meaning obviously raising money for the Doddy Weir Foundation and Motor Neurons Disease so hopefully Scotland can um, can take the trophy but obviously we've not won in Cardiff since 2002 and Gregor Townsend was part of that team so we really really need to um, break that streak quickly I think we're on the form to do it we've won in Twickenham for the first time since 1983, we won in Paris for the first time since 2000 or was it 99 and we won in Wales for the first time since 2002 in 2020 albeit at Llanethle I think uh, as well um, coming into this one I think Wales only beat us 25-24 last year and we were a man down so if we can just stay 15 versus 15 this time round surely we can take something I think what we have this situation is very, very similar to last year. Scotland won against England like they did just last weekend. And now it's sort of bringing that momentum and bringing that confidence into that Scotland-Wales game. I mean, Struan mentioned that red card and that was probably the reason why Wales won over us. And it was never a red card in the first place. Uh, That's probably why they got the win against us eventually. Uh, Can Scotland bring that confidence and that momentum into the game in Cardiff? this weekend we'll just have to wait and see well you certainly have to back them to do it i think we've all this is possibly the strongest scotland squad we have had for a number of years scotland of course will be without jamie ritchie and josh bayless who are injured jamie ritchie of course went out during the calcutta cup which will be a bit of a loss for them however dave cherry has been called up to the Scotland squad, and he is somebody that was called up. He was called up last year and took his gained his first cap last year in the Six Nations, and he acquitted himself rather well. Yes, he got. He eventually ended actually up getting uh, three tries to his name, which is uh, rather amazing. Uh, so, looking forward to seeing him potentially playing in either this weekend or the weekends coming up. But uh, it's. A really big loss of Jamie Ritchie uh, last weekend. He has been fantastic for Scotland and also his club side Edinburgh. It's a big loss, but there are some big names who can fill his boots. And it just shows, to your comments early on, Alistair, that Scotland 
do have the depth of a forward pack and the depth of a backwards pack that Scotland is now a very competitive team in the Six Nations and also within the team itself are very competitive and that's what you have to have for a top 10 ranked team and with that all that in mind gentlemen in traditional fashion I'm going to spring this upon you can I get a score prediction from each of you for this match 25-24 to Scotland Oh, <laughs> we reverse from last year. I've been thinking about this, and I, I'm just going to go for a bit of a fun one on this time because <laughs> although Wales did start poor, it, you'd almost rather they'd won, just because you know now they have to answer back. They're at home, everything like that. They, I think they'll really be up for it. Obviously, we we need to carry our momentum into it. I think it'll be a really good game, but I I, I want us to win. I fancy us to win, so I'm going to go for a, a 25-4. A little bit of a poetic uh, finish. Uh, I think I'm going to back Scotland 21-19. Mm. So we're both we're both going very close <laughs> scorings on that. I think it'll be a close game. I think it will be a very close game. I think it will certainly not good for Scottish angst. And okay, so the next game taking place on Saturday, the evening kickoff as it were, is France versus Ireland. Now, this is going to be a big match. It's in Paris as well. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. I mean, before the Six Nations kicked off, we had a discussion, you know, it'll be between Scotland, Ireland or France. The Ireland versus France game, that's the first heavyweight. Whoever wins that uh, will be in contention for the rest of the tournament. Uh, I'm really unsure who's going to win it. I think France have a huge advantage, but, you know, we look at Ireland's performances in the last few years of coming to Paris and they have done pretty well. It's a, it's a tough choice between who's going to win. But I think I'm going to back Ireland to win it. Ooh, controversial. With think... what scoreline? <laughs> oh, that's a hard one. Well, I think Johnny Sexton is back to his old ways of... Uh, very consistent work at fly half. I think it'll be 20, 25-15 Ireland. Mm. Struan, your thoughts? I think, I think I'd quite like an Irish victory. You know, I only caught the highlights from the game against Wales and they did impress me. And as I said, I thought France were good, but I thought Italy gave them quite a good game as well. So it's, it's always tough to judge after the first round because you don't quite know what teams are going to be like. I'd like. I think I'd like Ireland to win. I'd like Ireland to go and pick up a victory. I could not give you a score line though. To be honest, I'm not. I'm not that confident in a in an um, Irish victory. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you for one anyway. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> um, I think from a neutral point of view, this will be the game of the weekend. Obviously, we'll be focusing on Scotland Wales because it's it's our nation and it's a massive game for us. But I think as a neutral watching this game, I think this this could be a, a cracker. Probably one of the best games in the entire tournament as well, just for sheer quality. Obviously, we've spoken about there. As Stephen just mentioned, we were talking about either Ireland, France or us going into it. Who, who would back to win? Two of them meeting already. I think it could be a, a really good game. And I'm going to go with a score of 21-15 in favour of Ireland. Mm. You're, you're backing everyone to pick up a wee win so far. And with that in mind, bear that in mind for the next, the uh, the next fixture of 
Italy versus England. Who will be backing for that? I, uh, I mean, Italy haven't won a Six Nations game since 2015. It would be nice to see Italy win. I think they are going to put up a courageous fight. They are really desperate for this win. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think I'll have to back England. This will be their chance to redeem themselves from last weekend. I think Marcus Smith has got um, a lot to prove in an England shirt. So um, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna say England to win uh, thirty points to fourteen. I totally agree with Stephen. I think this is this is England's way of answering back. I think they'll need to sort of stamp their authority. Obviously, the way they went out to Scotland wasn't in the best of manners. And I think coming into this tournament, it's it's rare that we say England aren't one of the favourites for it. No, often you'd have England to be one of those teams who you'd expect to be there towards the end. But I just I just can't see it this year. But I think they'll need to get off to a big victory sooner rather than later you know and I think Italy is possibly the best game no disrespect to Italy but once you've taken a defeat in the opening round you want an easier game you want to get your feet you know on the table I think I think England have one point already I think they got a point from the opening game but you want some more points on the board as soon as possible so I would back them to win this and I think I think it'll be quite a comfortable 35 to 7 in favour of England I think I think Italy will get a try in there but I think England will probably just blow them away Interesting predictions, gentlemen. That is all we have time for this afternoon. I'm sure we all very much look forward to seeing whether those predictions come true. Thank you very much for joining us, and please do enjoy this weekend's matches. We'll be back next week with more Six Nations action. Goodbye.